this is Bill Barnes and Gene Unbound. Say hi. Say hi, Gene. Hello. Where are you today, Gene? I'm in Seattle. Sunny Seattle. Is it sunny? It is. It is. Uh, no, it's, it's overcast, but it was sunny yesterday, so I, I count that. I'm in sunny Homestead, Florida, just a hop, skip, and a jump from the Everglades National Park, which I had never visited before a couple of days ago. I think the important thing is we both have colds. And alligators. We have colds and alligators? I don't have alligators. Oh, well then, <clears throat> just the colds then. All right. We do. We both have colds. That, that explains our husky, sexy voices today. Perfect. No, at no extra cost. <clears throat> so we're going to we're going to uh, return to our annotations, our, our verbal annotations of uh, Unshelved Volume One. Uh, we're at page seventeen, so which starts with "Hey, there's a crack in my bathtub." Never has a comic strip started with more promise than this one, and we do not we do not let it down. Is that one of yours? It, it actually does look like one of mine. I got nothing to say about it. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that we got Tamara. Like Tamara starts off as this kind of sunny, idealistic person, and here we see her core of steel. Like she takes this guy down with a big smile on her face. It's just fantastic. And so then we then we go into the first big um, reorg. Like like we introduce Tamara. Suddenly we have the cast. Like we have the cast we're going to have for quite a while, with the exception of Buddy. Um, and then we looked at it and said, "Who works for who? Like what are their jobs? We don't even know." I think we got that tomorrow was a children's librarian, but we didn't know what Dewey did. And we, you and I had a little series of conversations about this, and we, we reorganized. We made Mel the manager. I think that's right. <laughs> it is. Trust me, it's right. My, my cat just started attacking my hand. He just like literally like latched onto my hand. I was trying to try to keep him screaming. It's only because I wasn't there to do it myself. He's he's agreed to uh, take my place to be my proxy. I think you got the gray of the uh, cubicle wall exactly right. I just want to say. Thank you. Yeah, finding that right gray that took a while. And so on the next page, we see, we see Colleen kind of being insane in this Colleen way. She thinks she's going to be the new manager. I just remember how nervous I was because, like, like the, nobody knew who the manager was, basically, right? I mean, like, the manager was never there. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired if anybody ever finds that I'm writing this. But it did not happen. You were afraid that the manager we never mentioned in shelved would that your manager, your actual manager in real life would... I guess I was always afraid... Pe- I was afraid people were going to see themselves in it somehow. Like, like, that wasn't how I felt about my manager, but I knew managers like that, so... Uh-huh. Yeah, I see. Nervy. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, and, and that's this is where we started learning the the rule, which has which has been in effect like at a hundred percent. Which is, it doesn't matter how offensive we are in the strip; nobody ever sees themselves as that person because nobody sees themselves as offensive. Right. Well, they couldn't possibly mean me. Yeah, I mean, they could have the same name and look like them and be like, "It's funny, what a coincidence." Here, talk for a second. I have to cough. I'm, I'm just I'm thinking about how unrealistic this is that actually a manager is fired. I, I don't think that happens very often in library land. Boy, it's weird having you on mute, though. I feel like I'm just talking to myself. It's like a monologue. <laughs> I know. This is the longest you've ever got without me talking in your presence. I had a good cough, though. You liked it. Perfect. I'll, I'll record the next one. Can you see there at the bottom of the strip? You can see uh, Colleen's cubicle. And it says employees a month. And I think it says something like April 1972. The last time she was. It's Colleen with black hair. So she was goth before. I forgot that Colleen actually wanted the manager job. Yeah. And she even wore her fancy dress when she announced it, so the fancy <laughs> Well, and I think I think we sort of seeded this with this Colleen has always been kind of like annoyed. She's just been annoyed. I mean maybe it's just her personality, but also she kinda of stuck. Like her personality was always gonna be her glass ceiling. But it kinda of stuck around till the end. She never did get what she wanted. Until she until she quit. But that's you know, we don't want to spoil her, that's that's ten bucks away or something. That's right. All right. Moving so on. So the next page we introduce the the SEPA, the Children's Internet Protection Act. A little bit of a little bit of topical humor. Look, that's our first that's our first URL bill in the strip. And maybe our last. And so far the best use of silhouettes. 
That was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Like Mel has uh, Mel could take a shower in her office and nobody could see clearly. It's nice. Yeah. In many ways, I see how much harder I worked at drawing the strip in the old. I'm, I'm definitely phoning it in now, but in the old days, it was good. Nice. Yeah. So we did the internet filtering thing, and I actually I reread this the other day, and I think it's um, I think it's still pretty solid. I think we had a nice little. What, what do we have to say about this? And then we came up with a bunch of stuff. We also came up with that um, the iconic shot of uh, Colleen in the second, the end of the second strip on page uh, nineteen there, where she says, "Hey, don't tilt that floppy disk; the data will fall off." That's not the first thing it made it into one of our talks, but it's it's the second thing. I think the T, my favorite letter, is the first thing. Yeah, right. We still use we still use this little thing of of Colleen because it so it so perfectly summarizes her relationship with technology. Even though the, the the technology she's talking about is now completely obsolete, but it's not obsolete in every library. We know we know that there's libraries that still have floppy disks. Well, more importantly, we know that there's patrons who still have floppy disks who come into libraries looking for help with them. That's exactly why there's still libraries that have floppy disks. And good on them for having the floppy disks, I say. Although I recently found out that uh, the library system I go to doesn't have floppy disks anymore. They have, they have just tossed them out. It hurt, it hurt a little bit. Mostly because where am I going to read my floppy disks now? Next page. Okay. I, I actually loved this turn. Mel and Colleen decide to filter the entire internet themselves. For me, that totally works with... It's sort of a combination of Colleen's really not grasping technology, not grasping the scope of the entire internet, and Mel's just sense of self-importance. And, you know, she can, if anyone can do it, she can do it. She can organize everything. Are we on the next page now? That's why I said on the next page. Yeah, page 20. Is the next page the, uh, the one of the two people canceling each other out at the top? It is, yeah. So, so I, was, I just rewatched. I made Bibi, my daughter, watch, made her watch the uh, Star Trek with the guys with like the half-white face and the half-black face. Yes, Right, and this reminds me of that somehow. Remember when they get closer to each other? Is that crazy pink effect? And they have like four shields; so they can't be shot by the phasers on Star Trek. I think th- I think those people are canceling each other out in exactly the same way. Yes, I can hear the Captain Kirk theme song. Dun, 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 dun. I'm too lazy to look up uh, the title of that Star Trek episode. Me too, and I'm a little ashamed that I don't know it. Is there a party going on where you're at right now? Suddenly, let's say yes. Okay. Says, I'm in the I'm in a back office of the uh, office of this campground I'm staying, in, which is actually quite a lovely campground with a nice pool. You'd like it. I mean, not you'd like it. You would hate it, but everyone else would like it. I like a nice pool. I just I don't like it too chlorinated. I also don't like it too full of urine. So, no, then you wouldn't like this one. Okay, because I've been. Well, let's not go into that. All right. So uh, a little Britney Spears reference there at the bottom. Really? Wow. Next page. Why doesn't the library filter the internet the same way they filter? I, I, I have to say the Liberace reference. I, I, I worked with this guy uh, who just loved Liberace. Yes. So that worked its way in here. <laughs> he wasn't a Buns of Steel fan, but uh, he was a giant Liberace fan. There's some kind of in-joke with everybody who worked with him before I got there about Liberace. So that's where that came from. It is kind of a random reference. I'm glad to know where it came from because I look at that and I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Talking? Like, it's not like that was a timely reference 13 years ago. Oh, come on. Liberace, he was big 13 years ago. Yeah. Was he still alive? When did he still die? Still dead, but, but recently, more recently dead. Don't you, think, don't you think Liberace should have had his ashes like compacted and made into rhinestones or something? Wouldn't that have been cool? Would that have been the way to go? Now that you can turn your ashes into uh, jewelry? If I say yes, can we move on? Yes. Let's move on. Is that a yes then? Yes. All right. I like the one at the bottom. I like the one question per person. Uh, once, once in a while, Dewey does this. He just tries to kind of uh, shake things up a little. Look, it's the entire cast. Is that guy asleep in line? Is, is, is the guy in the hat asleep in line? Yes, the guy in the hat is asleep in line. He's gigantic. He's a gigantic? He's gigantic. He's okay, he is the tallest person there. He just like, has a huge Some, head. Someone had to be the tallest person. Yeah. Well. Are, you, are you criticizing my art? No, no, he just looks huge. Right. Okay. Then in that case, he is. Next, next page. I, I still don't like these these two strips, but 
Which which two strips? Koreans eat dogs. And then we get this thing about the Bible, and I don't know. They can't all be winners. I have no idea where this one came from. Yeah, no. <laughs> The, the bottom one um, is the first strip from uh, Rob Hurwitz, our stalwart tester, who has been sending me jokes. He hasn't actually done it in a while. Maybe he's not funny anymore. Maybe he's lost lost his love of life. Did Rob write that? He did, yeah. yeah. Wow. The baby steps thing. I remember you having to talk me into running that one. I was like, ah, that doesn't feel right. And you were like, no, it feels great. I was like, no. I still like it. No, it, it, it survived. But, it, but it, was, it was sort of an experiment. Like one of the things I say about Unshelved is... Um, What's great about it as a comic strip is we can literally write about anything we want. And in the early days, we really pushed that envelope in a bunch of directions and not always successfully. But yeah, like this person is complaining that Koreans eat dogs. Um, like that's everything. This all, none of this doesn't happen in a library. Like it's all totally realistic. It's not always very interesting. I'm, I'm sure somebody, I'm sure somebody brought that up to me. Like, like because I lived in Korea, people were always bringing stuff up to me about Korea. Yeah. Just, just in a horrified way. I wonder if this is just based on that, you know? But I remember this. I remember the second strip. Didn't we get? We got some strange email after the first one, and then we yeah, we ran that second. One. We ran the second one because the, in response to the emails we got from the first one, remember that? Yeah. Like, like that might be like the first time we actually responded to something we got in uh, in email. But not the last. <laughs> no, 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 no. But but it, it was weird because like we suddenly had an audience by then, right? Like we, we didn't have an audience like right away, so it was it was very weird yeah. to suddenly get emails. People were offended that somehow by the Bible reference up on top. Mostly just. A- the Dewey had gotten something wrong. And then we managed to twist it so the Dewey had meant it all along. So That's we right. retconned it. That's right. Excellent. Good on us. I'll say that the, the, the last strip here, uh, the Bush joke, um, it starts off with a silhouette. And I, I, I'm going to argue that this silhouette actually works, even though we don't know what's there, because, because in the next few panels, it like fills in the gaps. Like your eyes, your eye can, can make the connection between what's going on there. I just have to say, Merv reading the newspaper doesn't work for me, though. <laughs> like, no, that, that, that's, that does not seem very realistic. No, no, it's terrible. I like to think the newspaper was just there, and he couldn't. His eyes literally couldn't stop reading the headline. That's right. Mur, Mur for a moment goes. Wait a minute. I'm going to be. I'm going to be a political satirist for a moment. Okay. And then, and then he's back. Tried that on. Mur did float around a little bit. Mur for me was always a big part of Jason Fox from Fox Trotting. He also looks. He also looks much older there. Somehow the proportions of his body looks like way older. He's pretty tall there, yeah. Which is funny because on the previous page he's quite short. So yeah, yeah. You, know, you know how it is when you're an adolescent. You you grow and shrink several feet at a time. Sometimes. Kind of like Mister Fantastic, young Mister Fantastic, or, or the new Miss Marvel. It's whatever he thinks he is at that moment. Uh, Ms. Ms. Marvel, not Miss Marvel. Ms. Marvel, sorry, you sexist bastard. Miss Marvel. Ms. Miss is sexist. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just it's just an old fashioned thing. We don't say Miss anymore. We say Ms. because because Miss implies because Miss implies unmarried and Mrs. is obviously. Applies married and Ms. is neutral. I think you can read that either way. No, you can't. So, uh, next page. Page uh, 23. Uh, okay. Oh, Dewey's taking a break. Hey, she's pulling her hair back again. Yep. And she's giving him a look, can you tell? She's got, like, little squigglies. Is that what that is? I, th- I thought she had really long eyelashes. Could be. I guess it's open to interpretation. I like this. I like, the, I like that Dewey's mad and he just goes off and works for a while. They all come back in the staff room. It's good. It's good stuff. You must read this. Oh, and, and Dewey and Dewey is making his manager mad. Right in right in front of her. Unbelievable. Yeah. Next page. Twenty-four. Oh, this is the book thief. This is the book thief. So this is one of the this is one of the sequences that, that actually drew twice. Because this is one of the first things we did, and I don't know who wrote this. I have a feeling I did, but maybe we did it together. But I wrote I, I drew about two dozen unshelved strips. I have to say, for the record, I, for the record, I never remember what I wrote. So, yeah, I know. So you just have to trust me. I, I disbelieve you at every turn, but I'm just not going to keep saying it. 
That's my, well, we were, we were just trying to come up with, with, anyway, when we were first doing Unshelved, before it was Unshelved, when it was called Overdue, which it was for the first year, before even that, I drew about two dozen of these strips, and everyone looks different. The characters are, in some cases, unrecognizable. And then eventually we got some advice from Michael Jancy and uh, Brian Bassett, and I changed the way the characters look and redrew them. And, you know, at that point I'd just been doing a lot of drawings, so it was better. But uh, somewhere I have uh, these original strips, and, and the text is almost exactly the same. It's just the book is different. Anyway, this is The Book Thief, and at this page and the next page, 25, we introduce this character who comes back at least one more time doing yeah. an identity theft thing. I remember we, we had some giant... Uh Giant argument about whether or not she was going to be Dewey's love interest. Yeah, I really wanted her to be. Yeah, I didn't see it. And then eventually we actually steered into that and, and kind of talked about it. And she's, she basically shot down the whole idea. But I, I liked it, and, and so it was hard for me when, when Dewey eventually marries Kathy to kind of let go of the book thief. I almost wanted her to come, come in at the last moment and disrupt everything, but that was that was more plot that you were, than you were up for. And that's okay. It's probably not the type of strip that Unchilled is, but it, I guess in the early days there was always a chance it might have been. Maybe she bring her back from Merv later on, you know. Her daughter, her little sister. He's sixteen. She's she's thirty two. You know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, and I like I like what I did in the top of page uh, twenty twenty five here with the the screen. You can tell they we still use Windows in those days. You hey, look, it's an email. It's an email. I think it's I think it's a nice use of of um, the font and kind of making it obvious that he's typing stuff. I think that works. It's also a funny joke. Next page. All right. Twenty six. This is a long sequence, man. No, that's, it's over. It's over at the top of the page. It's not that long. It's about a week. What kind, what kind of dance is Merv doing there? Is that the thing where you like put your hands it's up? It's in karate. Ha! A debilitating scissor kick. Is that a scissor kick? I don't know. No, well, then he exceeded a I can only show one moment. You know, is that it's it? not animated. Yeah. Okay. And so the next one is... So, so now that we had settled that Mel was the manager, this was the sequence where we settled that Dewey is the young adult librarian. And I'm very proud of us for dribbling this out over a few a few weeks instead of just like one day having a giant reorganization a, attack attack we will take later with the redesign of the library but this is where this is where um Dewey becomes a young adult librarian right the young adult librarian which was what you did and it allowed us to it allowed us to have him focus more specifically and my this is my my uh, my fantasy of book talking preacher yeah to to eighth graders ah yeah and this is i think the first time we actually show a real book in the strip. Could like be. Our first in many attempts to include actual books in the strip, long before the unshelled book. Yeah. I literally had I literally had teachers tell me, yeah, you can bring anything. I would like anything? They'd be like, yeah, anything. I don't care. Just anything to get these kids to read. And I still knew that there were there were limits. Even I, as terrifying as that was. <laughs> yeah, and so and so Colleen is left out again. She didn't get to be manager. She didn't I don't know why she wanted to be the Y librarian. I just think she's competitive. And if Dewey was gonna if Dewey was gonna have a shot at it, she wanted a shot at it. But she gets left out again, and it starts just a, a searing, burning hatred inside her, which we did absolutely nothing with. Look at this beautiful plot we've set up. All the, all the things she could have, she could have like turned into a serial killer. She could have been sabotaging stuff, but no, we just dropped that. Just dropped it completely. Dropped Perfect. It. Well, she's. I think she's quietly been sabotaging him uh, for years. Okay. In ways we don't understand. So at the bottom of page uh, twenty-seven, some some old pop culture references: Fantasy Island, the A-Team. I think she's. I think, I think Colleen is feeding Dewey laudanum. That's what I think is going on. Laudanum? Is that like uh, heroin? I, I think it's like it's an opiate that uh, like Lord Byron drank to write some poetry. I think Dewey would have a real edge if it wasn't for Colleen. Okay. <laughs> well, that's that's some retconning we could still do. Let's do it. Uh, next it's, page. It's not coffee. He's been drinking some kind of ether byproduct. I'm sticking with laudanum. Page 28. 
I like the I like the one in the middle. First of all, I really I think I, I think I nailed the dust in the in the middle panel, and that's that's one of those things that's actually better in black and white than it would have been in color. See, I like I like the bottom one. The bottom one is why I drink coffee. Bottom one's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah because because people force you to it. People force me. Yeah, right now I'm, I'm currently off caffeine again after after. Are you really getting? A, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. I, I know I've, I've gone off again because I got so sick uh, for withdrawals. I spent five hours vomiting one Saturday about a month ago. Podcast yeah. exclusive. And you didn't record that. I, I did. You want you want the recording? It's that now is when we inserted. Hold on. Like that. That's pretty accurate. And yeah, no, it was hor- horrifying. So uh, now all I can do is like smell the tea. So I just I, I put put it on my face like a like I'm a horse chewing oats out of a bag and just mm. smell it. Yeah, which makes it strange when I actually make the tea for my wife. But uh. I think maybe you. I mean, you sort of swing wildly between these extremes of caffeine, and I I just sort of muddle along with about a half calf these days. Doing it for me. I can't do that. You know, if, if I have a if I had anything right now, I would need more in like three hours, or I'd be just dead on my feet. So you just have you just have an addictive personality. Well, I think I think I'm chemically addicted to caffeine. That's it. I'm completely off or completely one day at a time, man. You know. Okay. Page twenty nine. I'm always very resistant to these visual jokes, like the one in the in the middle strip. The guy Dewey says, "I really need you to focus." I like that. I like that one a lot. I know you you talked me into it, and I didn't like it. I still don't like it. Well, I think I think it's I think it's better than Rob's strip. <laughs> but I did use that thing where somebody's talking and then Dewey's word bubble. Like I still like that. Now it makes me want to use it again. The word bubble over the talk, yeah, hey, that's fine. Yeah, nice. I think that's hilarious. I, I guess I, I've always been resistant to making the strip anything but essentially realistic. Like I've always been resistant to fantasy elements, and once in a while they come in. Whenever they happen, I, I don't like them. Which is funny because in not admitted here, I have a talking robot, and I'm cool with that. I guess it just it just never fit quite my vision of the strip. But once in a while, I'm weak, and I let you talk me into it. <laughs> I like how it's my fault. Yeah, man, I don't like things you've talked me into either. Oh, I know. I know. I'm waiting for you to, those to come out. No, why? I don't, I don't because that's the entertaining part of the podcast. No. I'm looking at the bottom one. The bottom one is just bizarre to me. Yeah, I like the bottom one. But it's like we had some weird week where it was like, let's, let's, let's go totally Chevy Chase on this. You know? <laughs> it's, not, you know, it's not a perfect execution of that joke, but I'm still pretty proud of it. Moon River. I don't know. Okay. Next page. And so next page is, is, a, is, is probably our closest attempt at the Unshelled Book Club. Before we actually started it, like the, the closest to, I'm gonna I'm gonna book talk a book and even like illustrate it. It says no jokes in the in the middle one. Oh, I remember this book. I, I read it as part of a, a reader's advisory class I took where I used to work. Mm-hmm. It was the first romance novel I ever read. Mm. Lord of Danger by Anne Stewart. And remember, I remember we got an email from her because we actually ran this strip on her birthday. Oh, really? That's yeah, it was the first email we ever got from an author. It was great. It was so it was so nice to hear from her, and I got to chat with her about this book I'd read, which I, yeah. I enjoyed more than I thought I would. So it was, yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah. Speaking of addictions, that's that's certainly been one of my favorite parts of working on a child is doing these doing these book clubs, which which are almost like just a you know it's hard for authors not to write us and, and uh, talk about them, and we get you know sort of our way of, of getting uh, authors to email us. It works for me. Next page. And that's not a totally that's not a totally unsatisfactory book talk. Like that's not bad. It's just that there's no jokes in it, and there's very little context for it. And I think the difference is that in in, in the now unshelled book club, which kind of takes over the whole thing, at least our readers expect it. They know what's going to happen. We don't have to set up. Remember, we had crazy arguments about how to make it work over the next like five years, which was like like we wanted to have like the unshelved players present the book clubs, and like we yeah. wanted to have. Uh, remember, we were going to have like everybody act out parts of the book. And, yes. Uh, oh, the unshelved players! I remember that. Remember that. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then we just like dropped that. We, we couldn't, we couldn't make, we couldn't make it work. Yeah. We tried a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it took us three and a half years. That's when, um, because that's when it's in, it's in our fourth collection that we started having book clip strips. So about after about three and a half years, we, we finally figured that out. We started doing color full size strips on first Sundays and now Fridays. I think the last one you hated with all your heart. This is sorry. I'm page, um, 31 now with the global, the global parking system. This is where, Oh my God. Oh my God. Do I hate that? Yes. Merv, Merv would take over the reference desk and answer people's questions wrongly, which I still think is a funny idea. It's hard to execute. Ugh. But I kind of like the idea of him giving misinformation. You know what? I still like that idea. Do you hate that idea or do you just hate this particular strip? I just hate the strip. Okay. Well, let's, we can both hate the strip. I kind of hate it too. What do you think of, what do you think of Merv taking over the desk? I still like it. It's terrible. It's terrible? Why it's is terrib- it terrible? It just doesn't make any sense. It's it's like Doogie Howser librarian. It doesn't doesn't make sense. No, it's not Doogie Howser librarian. He's he's a mischief maker, and so he would, he would, he wants to misinform people. Like he loves disinformation. I'm just looking at Strangers, the Strangers in Paradise strip above it. I, I didn't want to talk about the one that I hate. The Strangers in Paradise okay. strip. That's nice. That's a nice compromise. That's beautiful. Okay. All right. Next page. The strip that led us to, be, to meet Terry Moore and his his wonderful wife Robin. I don't know. If, I don't know if it did. I think it did a little bit. What, what led us to meet Terry Moore is that he had the booth next to us at Midwinter one year. That's what led us to meet Terry Moore. No, but they, but they knew they knew us because we had run that strip, and and we did a book club on him later, right? Well, that was after we knew them. And since then, and I don't want to rub this in, we have stayed at Terry Moore's house several times. We have. Yeah, I'll be seeing him in a few months. We haven't stolen any of the original Sandman art off the walls, though, which for which I'm, I, I really regret. Uh, no, no, I don't know how that. I don't know what happened to that. I certainly wasn't me. P. Craig Russell Sandman art that they have hanging in their living room, seven pages. Oh. You just want them for their. You just want them for their artwork. On their I don't. I don't. I like them as people. You know, for for me, one of the highlights of, of the whole the whole unshell thing was uh, when Terry said we have something for you, and they wound up that little chicken, and the chicken hopped across their kitchen counter, shitting uh, jelly beans. And Terry was like, "We saw that. We thought of you." And I thought, "They know me. They get me." Wow, I don't remember that at all, but I could see it really made an impact. That was when we stayed there in Houston. Like it was hilarious. Like like oh, yeah, my I, God. I, I hear you. I just don't remember. I still have that chicken in my. Uh, it's on my. It's on my. My coveted action oh, figure shelf really, downstairs. They really get you. They get me. They get me. I, I, still, I still have not found any brown uh, jelly bellies to put in it, though. But still, I, I will. We're on page 32. I think, the top of, I think the top of the page is actually a pretty good one. I like them both. I, I like this whole sort of exploring the relationship of Merv with Dewey. But that's a nice reveal on the, at the top of the page. We're skipping school to be in the library? Yeah. You must be glad to see me here, right? No, why not? Because it's 11 a.m. You're skipping school. That's fun. It's a nice reveal. It's kind of like the reveal of uh, Ned being naked. I probably started writing this trip, and I don't know what, why Dewey wasn't happy to see him. Another book talk at the bottom of the page. Lamb. By whom? Christopher Moore, I think. What a great book. <sighs> oh, so the next page. So the next page is, is actually a longish sequence. Uh, starting a longish sequence, page 33, where a bunch of young adults are doing it. Merv has, has set up a whole tour of the library for a bunch of young adults because, because it was something Dewey needed. Like, Dewey wanted more teens in the library or found out Dewey needed more teens in the library. And Merv set it up for him. That's kind of nice. Merv's a good guy. Also, Dewey hangs out in pool halls. Now we know. What, what's funny is that if Mauville Billiards was made now, it would be Mauville Billiards and something else because we have that rule now, right, that everything has to have two functions in Mauville. Yeah. Mauville, Mauville, Mauville Billiards and Pie because everybody smokes in the billiard hall, right? So the, the, the cherry pie would taste like cigarettes. Be really good. Next page, thirty-four. Talk, talk about this page for a second. Well, apparently the library is full of lies, which is true. The brochure should not be full of lies, though. But the library should be full of lies. 
so that people can find those lies for themselves. Yeah, you, can't, you can't spell library without lie. That's not true. That's a lie. But see, that's you okay. You can't say library without lie. You can't pronounce library without lie. That's right. I like that Colleen's a retired Navy SEAL. That's, that's all. That, that, that made it for me. <laughs> it works. All right. Skateboard. Hey, kids, skateboording is not a crime. That's the greatest, yeah. that's the greatest Ned line ever. Ned's trying to be relevant. He's trying to be relevant. Kids? <laughs> Page 35. <laughs> Terrific. It is great. <laughs> that's awesome. I can just see, I can just see, like, like, so where I used to work, there was actually a nudist colony up the hill. And it's like, what's so strange oh, is really? it's, it's near Seattle. Yeah. And like, is that, is that what, is that what engendered the whole, do we visit the nudist colony? Well, you you put you put the naked guy in here, and like like there was there were like a lot of people who come down from the nudist colony all the time. You could always tell who they were because their clothes never matched because they didn't wear clothes. They weren't really clear on how to button things. Very strange. But like I was like, why would you have a nudist colony in Pacific Northwest, right? Like especially yeah. especially like on the side of a giant hill where it's even colder than everywhere else, right? <laughs> I won't call it a mountain. It, it, it does seem an inopportune place, but they could be nude inside. Well, I, I guess I guess they were nude inside, and then like, but I, I imagine them running from like building to building, like really quickly. I, I imagine they have furs, like you know how some some places have some outdoor places have like umbrellas. They're sort of communal umbrellas. I, I think they have communal furs for for when people go outside to get from one place oh, to another. It'd be so it'd be so bad to have communal robes at like a nudist colony, wouldn't it? Like long communal long coats. That's not really what you want, especially if I, I, I can see some I can see some uh, sanitary issues. If that's what you're getting at. Could you get pubic lice from a fur? Probably could. We, 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 ask, we ask the tough questions in this podcast. We probably transfer that. You know, write to uh, Bill Barnes at uh, gmail.com. We ask, we ask the tough questions. I remember somebody won an Ig Nobel Award for, figure, for a study on the transmission of STDs through uh, sex toys or blow-up dolls. Hey, look what we did here. I'm going to change the subject. Look what we did here at the end of page 35. We brought it home. Remember how Dewey introduced this lamb book to that kid? And he comes back. When Dewey's at his lowest ebb, he comes back to tell him that he loved it. Look how good that is. That's craft, my friend. We don't do that anymore. Probably a mistake. We probably just forgot to run that. No, it all it all just it all comes together. The circle of life. Let's do a few more pages. I, I remember I remember writing the sequence and just thinking like like what if you could actually get like they always had us going outside of the library to bring the teens in to get teens to come in. And the thing is like the library wasn't set up for very many teens to come in. You know what I mean? Like, right. like kind, of, kind of what if all the teens actually came into the library at the same time? And, and, be careful what you ask for. Well, you would have you would have these moments when I was working where they'd be like, it, 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 like they, nobody would ever say it, but it would be like, "There's too many teens in the building right now. Uh-huh. Like we don't know what to do." And like, "Well, this is great. This is what we wanted." No, 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 no. There's too many in the, in the library. No, I've succeeded. Well, no, it's your fault. You go deal with the problems. Like it's not my fault. You know, this is a good thing. No, no, no. It's not a good thing. Just back and forth. Drove me crazy. All right, what are we doing? Sneezy? Is that where we're at? Skip past Sneezy because we're about to enter the Nancy Pearl. Oh my god! Definitely a a, a life changing thing for us because we got to meet Nancy. Became one of our best friends. I didn't. I'd never heard of her, but I heard about. But you told me about this, the action figure. We got to make fun of action figures. On the next page, it wasn't. It was never really about her or or even her action figure. It was just sort of a, a chance to riff on it. You hadn't heard of Nancy before this? I don't think so. Huh. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a librarian. I don't know. Yeah, she was on the radio and stuff. I mean, I, I had met her because she gave me a yeah, key. I, I don't a, listen to the radio. The, the old Seattle Public Library downtown had a writer's room. And uh, if you were a writer, you could get a key. But you, the person you had to convince you were a writer was Nancy. You had to go up to the Center for the Book office and talk to Nancy and convince her you were a writer, and she would give you the key. And I had no idea Nancy was so easy. So I had to, uh, <laughs> I had to make an appointment. I had to go in there and be like, I'm a writer. And I literally, literally she was probably the I like right words. <laughs> well, it was weird. And she was like, she gave me a key? 
I didn't get my own desk, which you could get if you were a real capital W writer, apparently. But you had, to, uh, you had to bring a manual typewriter to, to get a desk. Yeah, I think I went and sat in there once and wrote. <laughs> I don't think I ever I did more than that. And then they demolished the building. I wonder if I still have that key somewhere. It's probably still in a key ring somewhere in my in my house. But yeah, we got we got together with her and had coffee and became a, a you know been friends for the last twelve and a half years. Yeah. So that's nice. We bring Unshelled brings people together. Is Nancy's is Nancy's action figure in here somewhere? Where, where, am I just not seeing it? I guess no. I guess this isn't the, the this library. Isn't, no, isn't it? No, that's later. This is just the action figure sequence. I was totally wrong about that. I think hers might be in next year. Yeah, you're right. I totally had that wrong. Yeah. No. That's just action figures, man. Just, this is just my love of action figures coming through. We're just we're just laying the stage for for our love of Nancy. Didn't even know she existed. Uh, I like the I like the question time at the bottom of um, page thirty eight. Do you have diet books for cats? And that's your. That's supposed to be your friend with the giant cat. My, my friend, my friend, my friend D's cat, whose name was uh, Fuji, for a good reason. Fuji, because she looked like a mountain. Oh, Fuji, Fuji weighed like twenty four pounds. Fuji was gigantic. Fuji uh, was not a sweet cat, not a, not a terrible cat, but Fuji uh, is dead now. Fuji died of a uh, salt overdose, is my understanding. But really, Fuji was just like a giant pillow. Amazing. Well, we got to put your friend and her cat. That's it. That's all I can say. Let's end on page 40, or 39, with, with mother and son. Mother and son. Mother and son who always repeat what the other one's saying, or almost always. They, they slightly paraphrase what each other says. Why not? She wants to know why not. Code three at the info desk. I love that. And then, and then, the, and then I, I am sort of sad we never, like, like, we actually use them again and again. We probably used them a half dozen or a dozen more times over the years. But this thing where, where she says, get your father, like, that's such a brilliant moment, and we should just left it there. Because that, that's the perfect end to that joke. Because it sort of sets up that, like, oh, my gosh, there's going to be three of them. But then we backed out from that. We probably just forgot. For the, co- the codes, you mean? No, that at the end. So they're, they're talking to each other, right? And then, and, then the, uh, and then the librarians bring in reinforcements. And she says, get your father. And, like, I, lo- I love that we leave that there. And I'm glad we didn't try to do the next strip. In a way, the mother and son will never get better than that moment. I think we have kind of finally given up on them now. It's been a long time. No, I've written a couple, but I don't know if they've run... That's what's so weird. Is so weird is is the ones I write that never become strips. Yeah, yeah. I know it's what you mean. Very strange to me. I, know what you mean. Um, I like the the second strip. Uh, the guy looking for a tattoo and do we do we want to get some a map of Nigeria? And he would have done it. He would have done it if it weren't for Murphy. I like the rock strip at the end of the other of the next one. And I remember Shannon was angry about that because Shannon Shannon, Shannon loves oh, the rock. Shannon like the rock. Well, he loves the rock. Shannon has a very special relationship with. The she rock. still loves the rock. Yeah. All right. Well, let's end there. All right. We'll resume next time on page 40. All right.